From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour as we launch our 24th year on the air. And I want to thank everybody that's helped us along the way, especially you, the listeners, and some of our wonderful guests. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad today to have Rita Splain, Jim McCormick with us. And they're both wearing name tags, so I don't forget their names. <laughs> That's great, Bob. As usual, it's great to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, thanks. Thanks for coming. Jim, uh, you're a familiar guest here. Jim, uh, the president of the Sacramento... I recall being on once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. yeah. Choral Society and Orchestra, and also uh, uh, connected clearly uh, for a long time with Sacred Hearts. uh, So today, Rita Rita and I are both proud ambassadors for Skoda Cantorum. But I will let you do the introduction of Rita. You know her a little better than I do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, Rita Spillane and I go way back uh, to 1992 uh, when we first formed Skoda Cantorum. When you were both in kindergarten. Well, Rita was. I was a bit older. But we were separated at birth by a few years, and we're delighted um, to be on your show because Scola, our mission, of course, is to bring beauty to the world, but also to the liturgy at Sacred Heart Church, Mm -hmm. but beyond the walls of Sacred Heart Church. Sabrina is a staunch alto who always knows her music, and she's just... Is that a political group? What is it? (laughs) Staunch alto. (laughs) Altos are earth mothers, Bob, in case you don't know that, okay? Uh, And she's, uh, she has Irish heritage, uh, and she's she's more Irish. Like you already read it. Already. One of her passions is cycling around Ireland, but she has done amazing work in our community, and I, I believe uh, that Muriel Johnson, the former county supervisor, mm-hmm. said that every neighborhood should have a Rita Spillane oh, wow. in it. So she's done amazing work in, with the prison, the women in prison, also with the homeless. And uh, you'll, you'll learn more about her during the interview here. Very good. Rita, welcome. Thank you. G- good to have you. Have you been on this program before? I remember, I, I believe you, you won the, uh, won, you were awarded the Thomas Moore. That's right. Uh, I was here for an interview yes. with you when I received the St. Right. Thomas More Award in 2008. What, a, what? 2008? Was it that yes. long ago? So it was the first uh, time that Bishop Soto, who was the coadjutor at the time, right. had his name on the um, the statue that each recipient of the mm-hmm. St. Thomas More Award receives. Wow. I fumbled with that word coadjutor for about three years. <laughs> is, I, I, growing up Catholic, I never had heard that term before. Yeah. Coadjutor, I thought I would, you know, like, what is that? And, yes. But we learned what it was. Yes, we did. It, it basically, for those who are listening and, and don't know it, you're, you are the, the bishop-to-be. Um, it's, 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 it's different than being an auxiliary bishop who maybe will become a bishop, maybe a, a bishop's here or someplace else, the bishop, uh, whereas uh, when you're coadjutor, you will take over, and he was coadjutor to, to uh, Bishop Weekend. That's yeah. right. It's, it's kind of a nice way of passing on the baton, really, for the diocese. Yeah. So the incoming bishop can see, get his feet wet, and uh, visit the various parishes and get to know people before he is in charge of the diocese. What, is, what does that word mean? Co-adjutor. So an adjudicator? Is that like adjudicate? I don't know. Yeah. I, we'd all have to go to Google and look this yeah, I up. I think we would. I think stepping up, stepping up to the plate idea. You know, yeah. so that's yeah, great. Very good. Rita, tell us a little bit about about yourself. Obviously, if you were awarded the Thomas More, that's that's a prestigious award for uh, a lot of great work, but but usually in in a legal setting of some sort. Yes, that's right. So the St. Thomas Award award is received by attorneys. I believe the uh, the wording on the statute says uh, an individual who has shown uh, and demonstrated the values of the gospel message, both mm. in their personal life and in their professional life. And so uh, I was the third recipient of the award. And now, of course, you can do the math, how many uh, recipients that we have the St. Thomas More Award. So it's, it's quite an uh, honor and a blessing to have received that. I spur- served 18 years as a deputy district attorney here in Sacramento mm-hmm. County. And uh, in my 
last few years, I decided to return to school, and I went to the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. For, I've heard of it. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yes. I could burst into song right now. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sing along with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, yeah. And the, uh, so for about um, six summers and Januarys as well to earn a degree in theology, a master's degree mm-hmm. in theology. So I wanted to make that segue from practicing as a criminal prosecutor uh, to parish work. So I went to work at Sacred Heart volunteering, running the Rite of Christian Initiation, oh, RCIA yeah. program, right. and faith formation programs. So that's been a wonderful transition. And I also, under... Um, the leadership of Bishop Soto, uh, encouraging folks to be jail ministers. I uh, worked with Rich Fowler, who mm-hmm. worked with Bishop Soto for many years, and was able to go into the Sacramento County Jail uh, and work with women there one day a week. In fact, today, Wednesday afternoons, I go into the jail and we uh, discuss the upcoming Sunday readings. So I I do that. I sing in Scola as well, uh, which is really a uh, a great gift for anyone who's able to sing in a Catholic parish choir. I know people who have come back to the church, uh, maybe went to Christmas Eve Mass and heard the singing and got tears in their eyes because it reminded them of growing up in the church and have come back to the church. I mean, you can say, well, that's not a good reason, but it is a good reason, you know, uh, Anyway, somebody comes back to the church, I'm in favor of it. Absolutely. I think, you know, singing and being in a a venue where sacred music is being sung opens you up. Mm -hmm. You become vulnerable, and you are in a wonderful place to receive grace uh, that we do when we hear prayers, when we hear the liturgy of the Mass, and especially when we hear beautiful music. We are touched. Our hearts and minds are touched by that. Yeah. One thing that makes me very proud to be Catholic is uh, the prison ministry and the, the now the Exodus Project and uh, uh, the Get on the Bus, uh, which was found by an, uh, founded by a nun and what my uh, one of my daughters, who's a sophomore at UC Santa Cruz, has just got involved with Get on the Bus and is just so excited about about what a great program it is. That uh, I'm sure you folks know, but for those who don't, the, the the uh, get on the bus is uh, helping kids visit uh, parents who are incarcerated, and sometimes these bus rides might be ten or twelve hours long. They, you know, the kid lives in San Diego, and mom or dad is in high desert in Susanville or somewhere. You know, it's it's really impressive that what what they have been able to do. Sacred Heart Parish has participated in mm-hmm. that, and I'm really glad you mentioned, Bob, the Exodus Project as well. Right. So I'm, I'm a, a, on that advisory council oh, yeah. because it really w- came to birth uh, with Bishop Soto's mm-hmm. complete oversight and support uh, that we ministers thought it's great that we're going into the prison, but really when people need us the most is when they exit from jail or exactly. prison. And so Rabbi Seth Castleman mm-hmm. is the individual who runs the Exodus right. Project, but with a lot of help from the advisory council, Rich Fowler, Rich Copus, um, a lot of founding members on that, and that's been up and going for almost four years now. Right. So that's a terrific do we, program. Do we know the fruits of it yet? Can we see Can we see what it's doing? Absolutely. We have people who have jobs now who have have come out into the community and have housing and people who are just, they feel welcomed by the members and mentors. So Mm -hmm. it's a mentor-mentee program. We're always looking for mentors if you are interested in that. For people who meet someone in jail for the last couple of weeks of their incarceration and we look for a match, so do we get along? Do we hit it Mm -hmm. off? And then that person meets them coming out of jail and then they journey with that person for six months. So it's a six-month commitment, really seven-month, but many people continue to have, you know, ongoing relationships right. with the individuals. And so, and it's it's obviously not just something where the person who's the mentor is giving, giving, giving. The person as a mentor also receives from sure. the mentee. So sure. it's a real relationship. And, you know, I, I just am so... Um, grateful that it has a very ecumenical approach to mm-hmm. it 
and that we are willing and able to help people of all faith backgrounds sure. or no back no faith background. It's a wonderful project. It, it, Obviously, the initiative came from this direction, but how does the Department of Corrections feel about this? They welcome it with open arms. Mm -hmm. Anything that can help their mission statement, which right. is really to have people who come back and they're not, you know, in this in and out revolving door, uh, you know, recidivism. So right. recommitting crimes is a real problem in California. And uh, so the Exodus, the members of the Exodus team are really determined to break that terrible cycle yeah. and by giving people some housing some jobs some sense of uh you know they are important people they are god's children too who've made terrible choices in many occasions but that we are there to really help them and guide them support them um, so, yeah, we've had some real success stories. And I know Seth will probably listen to this and think, Rita, you, have, you know numbers, don't you know numbers? But I can't, I can't give you numbers. But, you know, the stories that we hear from our uh, men and women and their families, their families who welcome our assistance with them is just really uh, a, a real uh, demonstration of God's active presence in our world. And, you know, Hopefully we are the image of Christ for others and we see Christ in others. Yeah, you know, I mean, so many people, you know, we, we hear that, uh, well, lock them up and throw away the key kind of attitude. And given that, what, 99.8% of people currently in prison are one day going to be out in society, it's whether you, whether you agree with that philosophy or not, uh, it's better off for all of us. I mean, we want, we want them to succeed but it's good for it's good for us if they succeed. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's uh, are there are there models for this someplace else? Is is it unique to our diocese? Well, um, you know, I have to take my hat off to the Saint Vincent de Paul Society mm -hmm. as well because Saint Vincent de Paul really took this under their wing. They have their hand in everything. Everything good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, they do. And so, Saint, if you your your question about asking is this a kind of a one off? It is not. Saint Vincent de Paul societies throughout the United States have programs similar mm -hmm. to reentry programs. Right. It's really the umbrella under which they. They act. And St. Vincent de Paul, we couldn't do it without St. Vincent de Paul yeah. and their support. I, I just I just wrote, I write a newspaper column, and I just wrote it. I was in, in Idaho the, a, a couple of weeks ago and tri tripped across a story where the, uh, the LDS stake in, in the Pocatello area had a huge excess of food and donated 40,000 pounds of food to St. Vincent de Paul because to, to serve their their group. And 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 as as the the leader of the LDS said, he said, you know, our boundary is this, and they're in our boundary, and we're responsible as as you know, as Bishop Soto is. Bishop Soto is responsible for everybody in the Diocese of Sacramento, not just Catholics, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, not legally responsible, but morally responsible, right. and 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 they felt the same way. And it felt it. I just thought to see one religious group help another religious group, which just it was a beautiful story. It is. Bishop Soto often says his biggest parish are the prison populations. Yes. Yeah. I know right. he's very very big on uh, on prison ministry. Yeah. And he comes down to the main jail once a month mm -hmm. and celebrates mass with the women on Seven West, where I where I go every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. My, uh, I can remember uh, as as part of a college class going to do prison counseling um, at Vacaville, and I mean we basically all we could do is is go back to the law library and do some research or something to help them. We were undergraduates, or we were we weren't lawyers; we were just students. But it was it was just amazing to hear their stories and hear their their concerns and yet when you went back on their rap sheets which they 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 could share with us if 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 they were willing it almost always started with petty drug offenses and one thing led to another and then they couldn't get jobs and they and it just advanced to the point where they were had some of them had committed you know serious crimes 
Yeah, the Diocese of Sacramento can really hold their head up high with outreach and ministry to uh, the jail, in, the prison in Vacaville. Uh, Father John Healy, mm-hmm. who recently retired, right. and um, Sister Martin, uh, Sister of Mercy, the two of them had huge outreach for the HIV ministry down in right. Vacaville in the early 80s when really people looked at you know anyone who had HIV as someone, you know, terrible and someone you know to be scorned not to be ministered right. to and so the diocese really supported father john healy in that ministry yeah, we just talked to father healy oh, about a week ago and uh, you know it's just like he said you know bishop we could called him and he's like what the aids ministry wow like like who else is doing that especially in the 80s nobody yeah it's uh again it makes me proud to be part of this church yeah. yes so we're here to talk about everything, actually, but uh, Scola Cantorum, From Heaven on High. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the flyers for this, I wish we had uh, cameras in here, but the flyers for this, are they're frameable. They're just so beautiful. You know? I, I, I think they are very attractive. <laughs> From Heaven on High. Yeah. And it's been, what, three years since you've had? Yeah, three years of silence. Uh, but this year we're going to sing. It's been 31 years for Scola. But the last three years we've been silent, of course. But we're back. And uh, we are going to perform two, uh, two concerts on Saturday, December 17th at 8 p.m. And again on Sunday, a matinee at 2 p.m. And uh, tickets are easily available online now at scolacantorum.com. And we expect to have some tickets at the door, Bob. But the important thing is that people come and bask in the beauty and silence of Sacred Heart Church, rich acoustics, wonderful lighting, and and a a community of people that's eager to share. Uh, And it, it is our gift, I think, Rita, to share this music with the world and uh, once again our our director donald kendrick has chosen some amazing repertoire and if i may um i'd like to play a musical example oh, very good. by sir david wilcox he's the granddaddy of uh, english choral music born in 1919 and bob and rita you may not know his father was a coal miner and he has had a great impact on choral music throughout the ages. So we will start the concert in darkness, and we will have what we call a candlelight procession, and it is the famous once in Royal David City, made famous by King's College, Cambridge. Uh, And the second verse starts in harmony. We'll start at the back of the church, uh, and then as we process up the second verse, the lyrics are, He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. So this is the second verse of the opening tune, Once in Royal David's City, by Sir David Wilcox. stuff. We feel it, it really does set the scene. On the final verse, our amazing organist, Ryan Enright, um, he, he will be our accompanist that evening. He comes in with a beautiful organ accompaniment, uh, and then the lights come up after that work. But uh, I like the austerity of it, and it just brings back so many wonderful memories of, of, of people's past Christmases. And again, it boils down to adding beauty to our own lives, not just for the singers, but for anyone who comes to the concert. 
And you said people are going to bask. Do you have to be Basque to bask? <laughs> Northern Spain. <laughs> Northern yeah. Spain. Yeah. You don't have to be Canadian. You could be Basque. There's something yeah. about, you know, a Basque shepherd that you, you think of the Christmas story. Uh, you yeah. Just do. You know, I'm not sure we're singing that tune this, this yeah. time. But, but you no, know, you're right, Bob. Good catch. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Bob in action. <laughs> but, but we're thrilled. I mean, 31 years, Bob. Think of it. And I know that Rita has participated in about 10 professionally mastered compact discs. Mm-hmm. And Rita and I have toured the world together. We've been to England, Austria, remember Spain? (laughs) Uh, We've been to Canada. Uh, And uh, also we've sung anywhere that Southwest Airlines flies on the West Coast. Sure, sure. Yeah, basically. So it really is a ministry that does transcend the walls of Sacred Heart. Um, And actually we performed twice at the Vatican. And um, as Dead Herodko would say, they've sung for the Pope, they'll sing for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it really is. Uh, and the people in Scola, there's about 32 of us. We do rehearse every Wednesday night, uh, very committed. We, we've sung at baptisms, funerals, weddings. So we lead the 11 a.m. liturgy with the adult mixed choir, soprano, mm-hmm. alto, tenor, bass. Not mixed up, but mixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we're, we're proud of the ministry. And they come from all walks of life. Evita in Scola? Um, yeah, they do. Um, you know, students, a lot of students, uh, professional folks. Uh, there are uh, lawyers. There are accountants. There are all kinds of folks yeah, who— even teachers, God bless us. I yeah. know, even <laughs> teachers. Uh, there are a few retired people from many of those professions as well now as we age in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Skoll looks forward to the Christmas concert, and it was something certainly during oh COVID was awful to miss. You know, certainly Christmas yeah. of 2020 was just glum. The vaccinations hadn't been, um, you know, available yet. And uh, 2021 was hard to miss as well. Um, but, you know, as far as coming to the concerts, I encourage people, you know, the 8 p.m. concert is lovely because the church is in darkness. Mm-hmm. So you really have a sense of just wonder uh, in that in that big space. Uh, it's a beautiful evening concert. Uh, and 2 p.m. on Sunday also has a lot to recommend it because Sacred Heart has spectacular Harry Clark stained glass windows from Dublin. And when you're in Slipped the Dublin in there, didn't you? I did slip yeah. Dublin in there. Yes. <laughs> and the uh, the church lights are mm. out. And so when you are in Sacred Heart Church in the afternoon in the winter, when the sun is sure. low in the sky, you feel like you're in the middle of a jewel box mm-hmm. because of the beauty of those windows and that winter sun coming through the window. So the 2 p.m. concert also will have a lot of just natural beauty of Sacred Heart Church. I, re- I remember when my mom was hospitalized nearby, very nearby, coming over to Sacred Heart and just having some solace and, and praying alone in that church. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Yeah, it's a sort of an aura. I'm glad you talked about the matinee because it has a different atmosphere. Uh, and it's just, it's a soft light that comes in. And it's just, uh, it wraps around you. And you can tell people just take a deep sigh and they sit back in the pews. Um, and there will be at least one selection that is an audience sing-along. Um, but we're so proud to have Ryan Enright. He's our organist, and he is just such an accomplished musician. And he and Donald Kendrick, they sort of read each other's minds, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, Bob, remember these old-fashioned things called CDs? Yes. Uh, Scola has three or four wonderful Christmas CDs, and they will be available as stocking stuffers at the concert. Um, and we're happy, if you know of, of someone who's shut in and can't make it, we're happy to d- even donate these CDs for people who can't make it to the concert. I yeah. still type on a manual typewriter, so a CD yeah. is some real modern, yeah. crazy thing. Yeah, to me. I, you know, I'm pleased, though. I'm pleased. I'm finding that people still have great value. They, they really are, are keen to have CDs. So, But if I may with, uh, push on with the second yes. example here, um, this is where the, the uh, Latter-day Saints, the, the LDS Church, I should, um, they come into play here because there's a composer named Mac Wilberg. He conducted the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Right. He taught at Boston. At BYU, mm-hmm. and he uh, he actually went to school, I believe, with Donald Kendrick at one point. And uh, Mac Wilberg has written some amazing arrangements, uh, and he's got such good energy. He's an amazing pianist. Uh, he taught at the BYU uh, choir school as well. 
So he's written a work, I think Rita will agree with me, that expresses pure joy, ding-dong, merrily on high. And the organ part just rips, and it's really fun because the scola can sort of let loose. And if you don't know the name Mac Wilberg, his name may ring a bell. Ding dong, merrily and high. Get it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I thought we'd play just a a minute or so of this wonderful work, Ding Dong, Merrily and High, to express the pure joy of the season. ago we were vacationing and going through Yellowstone and some of those places and uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir would have like open rehearsals that I think it was once a week not not open for us to rehearse but to listen to them and I thought wow that for free you could just come mm-hmm. and it was like Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 or 8 30 or something like that we kind of planned our way home to go down through Salt Lake and then come Interstate 80 home, and we got there, and we, you know, <laughs> a sign saying, we are sorry, the choir is on tour for the next two weeks, and we're like, oh, Good man. planning, Bob, yeah. good planning. I know, I should have called somebody, you know. <laughs> That's neat. But we, we really wanted to to hear it. Uh, they're, so, they're so world famous. One of the things I ask my RCIA folks to do, or I invite them to do, is to attend a rehearsal of Sacred Hearts mm-hmm. Scola Cantorum. And so they will sit in the back and I prepare, you know, they don't have to go to the, they don't get to go to two hours and 15 minutes like rehearsal yeah. is. But they all come away with a real sense of just gratitude for the people who sing and rehearse and practice so much. Yeah. And one of the things I point out to them uh, in the um uh, rehearsal that we do is Don Kendrick has a, uh, a strategy of when we learn a new piece, we begin at the end of the piece mm-hmm. and we sing, you know, the last five measures and then the last 10 measures and we gradually work our way up to the beginning of the piece, which ensures, of course, that we have strong endings on wow. this. So musically, it's a wonderful uh, way to learn music. But what I tell my RCIA folks is it's also a wonderful way to live your life, yeah. meaning have the end in mind how you live your life. I always have dessert before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, if we kept our eyes on why are we here, you know, the old Baltimore catechism, yeah, you yeah. know, God made us to know him, love him, and serve him in this world and in the next. Yeah. And to keep our eyes on that, why are we here, you know? And so my RCIA folks really appreciate the uh, the choir. Well, I came across my Baltimore catechism the other day, you know, looking through it, uh, cleaning out some old drawers. Did and it stuff. look pretty brand new, Bob? Uh, it unfortunately did. It, it, it needed some dog ears. <laughs> Rita, that was priceless. Thank you so much. And yeah. it's the idea of a community of people who come together. We breathe together. We warm up together. And at one point, our heartbeats are almost in sync. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a gift of music, but it's also a gift of community that we bring. So... How did COVID affect, uh, obviously canceled on Heaven on High, but how did it affect just the choir? Could you perform at all, uh, you know, on, on Sunday mornings? Well, in the last year, uh, in the last year, we came back once or twice. And then, of course, COVID surged, so then we stopped singing again. But, um, but we had no, no formal performances in the community. Yeah. Um, but we did sing uh, like an octet at, at Sacred Heart on Sunday at 11. But then last November, we stopped singing for a while. So it was hit and miss. But now we're back, and 
we're feeling, you know, fairly confident that we're, everything's going to be fine from here on in. Thank you very much, folks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can we get you on national television to say that? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Scola, I mean, we have made our mark. We were chosen by the American Choral Directors Association back in 2005 as one of the top church choirs in the United States. And we went down to Our Lady of Assumption, Our Lady of the Angels, in the new amazing oh, the new cathedral, cathedral yeah, <laughs> that amazing <laughs> edifice <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles, and we performed in front of a couple thousand choral directors. And if you can imagine the heat on Don Kendrick's neck when he was yeah. conducting us, yeah. <laughs> to have two thousand of your peers, yeah. you know, staring at you in Scola, of course, we were we were in pretty good shape. Yeah, we were. That was really a unique experience for the choir as well because, of course, we're singing to a completely full cathedral, but they're all musicians, so yeah. we're a little nervous as well. But then there was one piece that we sang that they joined us in. Oh, and, wow. And so there were probably 30 of us singers, and we were being washed over in this tidal wave of singing voices in parts spectacular mm. so it was kind of a little bit of a role reversal for yeah, us yeah. to be enveloped in that beautiful sound in that beautiful space Rita before we went on air you were talking about the two hour 15 minute rehearsals as prayer yeah I was I mean that is something that uh, for me I missed singing uh, during COVID but what I really missed was that uh, coming together as a family of singers, because I, I think that um, I, I missed the ability to join with other people who believe in raising our our voices in song. And, and I, I was joking with you before we began that the only people who come to mind who might who might do that as well would be the Trappists up in Vina mm -hmm. who <laughs> get together and sing it. You know, God help us all, 2 a.m. in the morning. 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I just think that there is, uh, there is a certain, um, we allow ourselves to be open to God's grace in very intentional ways. And many times those ways are at the, at the sickbed of a friend or a relative. We allow ourselves to be open up to God's grace pouring into us. And so God's grace does that, and we are invited to accept that and accept the challenge of God's grace and also the, um, the strength that we receive, you know, from praying together, praying with others. And for me, that is really what is the great gift of Scola Cantorum and singing with a group of people like that. How often do you have, uh, I guess, attrition is the word, uh, you know, are there a couple of openings every year? People uh, move away, people retire, people... Absolutely. Uh, changes in life, of course, uh, and then with COVID. And uh, this year, there's an amazing... Uh, Don Kendrick is the master recruiter, um, not just at Sac State, but in the community. And, you know, if if a new person should sort of wander into Sacred Heart on a given Sunday morning at 11, we normally like to meet that person at the back door, in the vestibule, I should say, um, uh, to interview them. Hi, are you a singer? Yeah, <laughs> Do you read yeah. music? Um, and, but it's a, it is a community of people, and I love the way Rita incorporates music into her RCIA classes. That's really meaningful for Scola uh, and also for the class itself. So we're, we're thrilled to, to think that, you know, the energy that we spend on a Wednesday night uh, to sort of fine-tune what we're, we're music ministers, Bob, mm -hmm. you know, and we process in, we process out, um, and we help move the liturgy ahead. Uh, and the congregation, of course, does participate in the opening and closing hymns and the acclamations. So, you know, we, we encourage that. And more and more I hear people singing, and I think people will sing more if they hear good musical leadership. You know, the, if, if, if everything's too quiet in the church, they don't want to be heard, you know. Right. But um, we're, we're proud of the, uh, the atmosphere that, that Scola has created. I usually sit in the back and lip sync. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the first time alligator Bob here. <laughs> well, Bob, if I may, um, our third selection is really a powerful, powerful selection. It's called My Lord Has Come, and it's by Will Todd. Will Todd happens to be another great English composer, conductor, pianist, educator. And guess what? 
His father was also a coal miner. Really? What is it about these English composers who have fathers as coal miners? Yeah. Either or? No. <laughs> um, maybe, but anyway. maybe you guys should start recruiting in West Virginia. Well, there's a great tradition. There's a great tradition in Wales, of course, of singers. Sure. I mean, up in the foothills here in California, right above us, right. in these little gold towns, they would have. Uh, choirs of Welsh miners, really? essentially. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are photographs yeah. of them on the outside mm-hmm. of the businesses, and I'm trying to think of the little gold rush towns up there. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Uh, you, you listeners are probably going shouting at the radio yeah, or yeah. Sh- radio. What mm-hmm. am I talking about? Yeah. You're shouting at the podcast. No, it's this. Read it's this. Yeah. But there yeah. are so a huge tradition of singing Absolutely. in Ireland, Wales, yeah. Scotland. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going Grass Valley, yeah. Sutter Creek, Nevada yeah. City. Yeah. yeah. Sutter Creek, Creek. yeah. Not so much in the Republic of Davis. (laughs) Yeah, Actually, there's a lot of great music in Davis. We know that. But, no, you're absolutely right, Rita. And the the Welsh, of course, they live to sing. And they don't necessarily have to have a beer in their hands. They they just love to sing. And it's so wholesome. It's good for you physically, good for you morally, and definitely good for you spiritually. Well, um, Jim, earlier you were saying, you know, we're, we breathe together, you know, and, and even that word inspire, you mm-hmm. know, you go to the Latin, you know, inspiratio, right, mm-hmm. to breathe life into. And, you know, we read that all throughout in Genesis, you know, right. God breathes life into right. woman and to man. We see it at the consecration of the elements at the Mass, where the priest is actually leaning over, breathing on the bread and wine, right. you know, right. before they're consecrated. So that whole inspire, that we are inspired and filled with God's life, you know, filled with God's breath. And certainly for singers, that is absolutely, uh, you know, we spend lots of time, Don, badgering us on breathing well. And, <laughs> you know, Don, I'm just kidding. No, Don instructing us to, you know, really breathe well, breathe, don't, don't, you know, these long phrases that we must sing in one breath. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. But, but it is good for you physically, you know, very good for you. Singing is such a healthy thing to do. And we love it when we know that there are families that sing together, yeah. uh, sort of almost an old-fashioned concept. But anyway, I mentioned this amazing composer, Will Todd, the English composer. He wrote a work called My Lord Has Come, and it's really powerful, Bob. It talks about shepherds called by angels, called by love and angels, no place for him but a stable my Lord has come. Will Todd, uh, my Lord has come. And you know, Rita, that must bring back memories for you. Scola sang at an event out in Wilton in a stable, mm. okay? And it gave a whole new meaning to choral stalls. <laughs> yeah, type right. of thing. It was for Sister... Sister Eileen Enright. Yeah, it was her oh, 50th. Sure. It was her, uh, yeah, celebrating yeah. her 50th, 50th year as a sister, a mercy sister. And I, we have that photo of Scola out in the stable. It really is touching. I remember we did a video and we, we uh, used this tune. And it, when it got to no place for him but a stable, it showed Scola in a stable. I thought, good, humility is good for us all. <laughs> well, and those of you who ho- hopefully were at Mass last Sunday, that first Sunday of Advent, the, um, the reading, uh, the gospel reading was from Matthew, and it was in chapter 24. And, of course, we know that the watchword for Advent is to be prepared, mm-hmm. be awake, and the the sentence in the gospel that that exactly is this sentence in in this uh, selection of uh, music is 
that uh, therefore stay awake for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. And, you know, during Advent, of course, we're preparing for the second coming of Christ. We observe his first coming as born God and man on Christmas Day. But then that second coming at the end of time, you know, hopefully when uh, we will be welcomed into, you know, the kingdom of God. So this be alert, be, be awake, you know, my Lord will come, your Lord will come. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, I've been doing a lot of reading on that, you know, and it's, it, people think, well, I, I, they're talking about the end of the world, they're talking about second coming and all that. I don't, I don't need to worry about that today. I don't think it's going to happen today. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. But the thief in the night, uh, your own coming is, is we all know, is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know when. No, uh, no, it's exciting. That's well put, Peter. I really appreciate the linkage you made there. Um, and, you know, Advent is pretty well my favorite season. I, I just love I like, as a Canadian, I love the cooler weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the darkness. It's funny that I do, but I love the darkness. And it's just because you have hope, because you know that as of December 21, guess what? The days are going to start to get longer. And so, you, you know, my Lord will come. <laughs> so we're, we're thrilled to think that we will celebrate uh, the anticipation of, of the Christ child uh, at Scola's two concerts from heaven on high at beautiful Sacred Heart Church, 39th and J. This is our 31st year of being there, and after three years of silence, we're singing again on Saturday, December 17th at 8 p.m. and Sunday, December 18th at 2 p.m. Tickets online at scolacantorum.com. Yeah, I, you, you mentioned the cooler weather. Uh, it reminded me of summer before last when we all had these, you know, we had 117 and uh, et cetera. And, but the hottest place anywhere on the West Coast was this little town of British Columbia. I heard about Where it hit that, 121. Yeah. For some reason. And you're going, how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. And let's not talk about climate change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I do recall that. Yeah. And people are funny because we've had people come to Buffalo in July yeah. with their skis on the car. Oh, yeah. Rita. They're, okay, where can I go skiing? <laughs> and I think you have no idea how humid it is in Toronto right now. <laughs> so. well, it's it's uh, funny. I, I remember in college having uh, uh, one of my buddies and I, we're, we're going to go up for Oregon for, for a few days, just, uh, you know, and have fun, go to the beach and stuff. And and he'd never been to Oregon, and I was born in Portland, and and he he had he had like it was July, you know, he had this ski mask, he had gloves, mm-hmm. he, had, he thought he was going, I don't know, to Antarctica or something, That's neat. you know. Uh, I want to mention, Bob, that we will have um, Scola will carry the concert as a choir, but we do have a couple selections where that we feature a soloist. So there's a work in the bleak midwinter. Um, we'll feature our young soprano that we have, Sarah Sai. And then it's an amazing work, Arrangement of O Holy Night by John Rutter, of course. Um, the, he is the, the granddaddy, again, of, of great choral music in Britain, and he's still doing really well over there. Um, and we have a new tenor in the choir, Salvatore Atti, uh, who happens to teach at Holy Spirit School, and I believe you may have him on the show shortly. Uh, anyway, Sal is going to be our tenor soloist in O Holy Night. And Rita, isn't it a stunning arrangement? It is. It's a beautiful uh, O Holy Night. I think Scola does so beautifully, and Sal has a beautiful, beautiful tenor voice. It's a privilege to sing with him in the choir. And uh, oftentimes when O Holy Night is the introduction is some is being played at a different place, I'm just holding my breath that they can get those notes because it is not an easy piece to sing. And so I I just am so grateful for Don's terrific conducting and also the terrific singing on the parts of our uh, soloists for this piece. Yeah. I mean, we take pride in always featuring the choir, but in between having Ryan Enright as our organist, and then we do have a couple works that have soloists. So Sarah Sai in In the Bleak Midwinter and then Salvatore Atti. And actually, you'll hear Salvatore Atti the week before at the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra's Home for the Holidays. Yes. Uh, he is our featured headliner uh, at that event. And so, and I do want to point out that accompanying Sal will be Ryan Enright, 
the uh, musical example that we might hear has an orchestra accompanying it, which is the Choral Society Orchestra, but it will be Ryan Enright who will be accompanying, you know. And then there's a real treat, Rita, at the end of each concert. Ryan Enright is an amazing musician, a wild and fun crazy Canadian organist, okay? And he lets loose. He's probably going to play the Vidor Toccata or something. So as we sort of process out to the vestibule, uh, Ryan will let loose, and (laughs) and we turn the lights down a bit, and we just have this amazing mini-organ recital, and it resounds. The the Allen organ doesn't know what hit it when Ryan (laughs) Enright plays that that puppy. cut off a holy night but I know I remember uh, but everyone can hear the real thing yes. in, in in toto and complete uh, by coming to our concert on the 17th or the 18th and we're so glad to be back aren't we Vita absolutely it's been Saturday the 17th at 8 p.m. Sunday the uh, Saturday the 17th at 8 p.m. Uh, Sunday the 18th at 2 p.m. that's right um, and uh, there's a flyer on the Scola website if people want to download it. It provides all the information, scolacantorum.com. I remember years years and years ago, my uh, oldest daughter uh, attending St. James Elementary in Davis, and and she loved to sing, and, and I know they had some small choir, and they were probably fifth or sixth graders or something, and and every solo and every it was it was always between my daughter Erin and and this other young woman in the, in the young girl in the same class named Renee, and it came down to the Christmas children's mass closes with O Holy Night solo, and we're talking thirty five years ago or so, and Renee got the part. So we go to the children's mass, and Renee sings, Oh, Holy Night. Last year, we go to the children's mass at St. James with my oldest daughter, my whole family, but my oldest daughter and her two young daughters. And we're all sitting there, um, literally 35 years later, and mass concludes with an adult singing, Oh, Holy Night. And my daughter and I caught our eyes and went, oh, my gosh, that's Renee. It's, it's still the same voice. Yeah. And indeed it was. And she's living in Nashville and she's performing professionally. Oh and, of course, gosh. we got together afterwards yeah. and hugged and laughed and about all kind of the competition between the two of them. It was mm-hmm. just uh, my daughter just weeping tears of joy. You I know. mean, what are the chances yeah, 35 just, years later? Yeah, but the, the vo- as soon yeah. as that very first note was like, yeah. It's Renee. Yeah. She didn't say, just walk away, yeah, Renee. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. That's yeah. so wonderful. I love it when that type of convergence happens. Yeah. So, yeah. It, um, it lets you know there's a God. Because yeah. if people say it's a coincidence, you go, no, with God there are no coincidences. Great. Yeah. 
Well, we have a, a joyful piece to end with, Bob, uh, Angels from the Realm of Glory by Malcolm Archer. And just for a change, he's, a, he's an English composer. <laughs> but, you know, the English have a leg up because they have such a great education system. They, 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 they are born with a love of choral music. Uh, we performed at Oxford, didn't we, Rita? Uh, uh, years ago, we were there in England. Uh, and uh, uh, Malcolm Archer, he's been a great organist. He was an organist at St. Paul's Cathedral uh, and also at Bristol and Wells Cathedral great educator. I mean, normally these uh, composers are the package. Mm -hmm. You know, they love to teach, they love to write, they love to perform. Uh, so this is Angels from the Realms of Glory by Malcolm Archer. And it's really wonderful because it does feature the women on one of the verses and then the men come in on another verse and they sort of play tag throughout the whole piece. And we will, we will close with this. Uh, again, Jim McCormick, thank you for coming. Rita, thanks. Rita Spillane, thanks for everything you do. And again, the concert is Saturday the 17th at 8 p.m., Sunday the 18th at 2 p.m. at uh, Sacred Heart Church, 39th and J Streets. Uh, you can get... Uh, Go to scolacantorum.com or you can call 850-545-84298. Tickets also available at the door. That's right. And Bob, Rita and I both want to thank you and the Bishop's no. Radio Hour and Bishop Soto for supporting great art and great inspiration in our community. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Rita. <laughs> This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. 
Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of Ministry of Mercy Ministry or Ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Mm -hmm. 